green pastures. I know you're picturing lush fields of belly deep alfalfa as far as the eye can see. Well, get that picture out of your mind. Instead, see clumps of green along the arid landscape of the Negev Desert in Israel. That's more the biblical reality. And that's what our heart is for our weekly Green Pastures devotions published by Vineyard Boise. Our hope is that each day you'll find a wee clump of green along the all-too-often arid landscape of life, just enough to sustain you, to keep you moving forward. Each daily devotion consists of four strands, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. May the Lord lead us together into the green pastures we need today to continue growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Green Pastures for Monday, September 18th. Peacemaking 101. Today's scripture reading is found, well, it's Philemon, all of it, verses 1 through 25, Mike's amplified version, one more time. Yes, so here we are at our third reading of Philemon. We've read Philemon through the eyes of the offender. That would most directly be Onesimus. We've read it through the eyes of the offended, which would most directly be Philemon. I say most directly because, as in most relational fractures, both parties have played both roles to one degree or another. We are both the offenders and the offended in most of the disputes that we navigate. We are all contributors to our relational breakdowns. The sooner we come to grips with this mutual culpability, no matter how unevenly balanced that culpability may be, the sooner we can all move forward in freeing and life-giving ways. Onesimus forgave Philemon and was ready to own his part in what had happened. As he heard the letter and suddenly saw Onesimus standing right there in front of him in the room, this man who was Onesimus and yet wasn't, Philemon, the kisser, had his own choice of owning whatever measure of culpability he shared with Onesimus and then living up to his name by embracing his former erstwhile slave. And this moment was brought to you not by Hallmark, but by Paul. You know, small men. Because that's all that's needed in the midst of an interpersonal or even cultural chasm, a small man perhaps even a little big man. In fact, I think that's my new favorite name for Paul, little big man. Little, speaking of the unassuming humility, big of the weighty bearing and insistent passion of a peacemaker. We can debate as to whether big men make peace. War, most definitely, but peace, cordiality, Mercy, forgiveness, reconciliation between feuding humans? He that involves himself in the quarrel of another is like one who takes a wild dog by the ears, says ancient sage, which means taking the chance of being bitten by both parties at the same time. Welcome to Peacemaking 101. As we read through the letter to Philemon this third time, Let's do so through the eyes of the peacemaker, that little big man named Paul. Paulos Desmeos Christu Jesu, Paul, small man, little big man, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and honors God, it's Timothy, our brother, to he who embraces or kisses Philemon, 
our dear friend and fellow worker, to she who is cherished, Apphia, our sister, to Horse Whisperer, Archippus, our fellow warrior, and to the ecclesia of the church, the community of faith filling every square inch of your household space. Karisumin Kayarene, grace to you, and peace, shalom, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love and your faith in the Lord Jesus and for all God's people. I pray that you may be in ergeis, energized, fully activated in the sharing of your faith, so that you may have a fuller grasp of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because, brother, you have refreshed God's people deep down to their very guts. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul, small man, and now an old man, and also a chained man, chained for Christ Jesus. Yes, I, Paul, appeal to you for my son, useful Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly he was Ononesimus, useless to you, but now he has truly become Onesimus, useful both to me and to you. I am sending him back to you, and when you look at him, you're looking at me, my very guts, though I would like to have had kept him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I didn't want to do anything without your acknowledged consent so that any favor you do will be your idea and not me twisting your arm. Who knows? Perhaps for this very reason he was separated from you for a while so that you might have him back for good. But no longer as a slave, better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even more so to you, both in the flesh and in the Lord, from both a human and a divine standpoint. So, if you consider me your active partner in this God-venture of ours, welcome him as you would welcome me. And if he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, small man, am writing this with my own wee hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very life. I do wish, brother, for you to be an Onesimus to me, to make yourself useful, to be of some benefit to me in the Lord. My turn to be refreshed by you, down to my very guts. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you'll do even more than I ask. And one more thing. Prepare a guest room for me because I fully expect to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Walks in beauty, Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, sends you greetings. And so do War Club, that's Marcos, Mark. Best leader, Aristarchus. People's choice, Damus. Shining light, Lucanus, Lucas, or Luke, our fellow workers. Ekaris tu kariuhemon, Jesu Christu, metatu pneumatasumon. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. This is God's word. So as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder, what did you hear this time as you heard or read the letter for a third time? 
Even though far away from this actual encounter and the reading of this carefully and prayerfully crafted letter, what do you think Paul is thinking and feeling as he waits for word as to how this all went down? How good are you at leaving such crucial conversations in God's hands when you can't be there to help navigate it yourself? Lord, put me in the room. This time with Paul, the would-be peacemaker. Put me in that room far away as he awaits the outcome. And as I sit with him there wearing that same confining chain, teach me how to trust you with all outcomes. As he had learned to trust, teach me how to be bold as a peacemaker as he had learned to be bold. And teach me the difference between unholy and unhealthy meddling and timely and healing peacemaking. Shape me into a little big man who can bear the weight of our human chasms as I too become a divine agent who tears down walls rather than building them. Through your mercies.